Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. Ahead of tonight's NFL schedule release, which possible storyline are we keeping our eye on regarding the Denver Broncos schedule this upcoming season? Plus, Broncos fans debate about retiring jersey numbers. One former Broncos quarterback is coming back into the NFL, and we go through our Broncos news and notes on today's brand new episode, Lockdown Broncos, here on May 12th. From the South Stands to the End Zone, I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Senior NFL Analyst at Pro Football Network and the Director of Video Content there, and Broncos Analyst here at the Lockdown NFL Network. You can follow me on on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. You can follow the podcast at Locked On Broncos. And make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, for daily exclusive Denver Broncos news, content, and coverage five days a week, all year long. You get it here, folks. And also, starting next week, we just received an announcement that next week will be the official week that we have Locked On Broncos in video podcast format for you on the YouTube channel, Locked on Broncos. So head over there right now, hit subscribe, and you'll be ready for when the videos go live. You're going to get them delivered directly to your TV, your phone, and however else you watch YouTube. Locked on Broncos will be there for you as well. But ladies and gentlemen, very honored to be here with you once again to talk Broncos storylines. Tonight is the official NFL schedule release. It's a big extravaganza on the NFL Network. And Ross Jackson and myself are going to be hosting a special Locked On NFL Schedule Release Show here on Twitter at Locked On NFL Pods at the Locked On Network as well on Twitter. I'll be sure to share the link on my Twitter feed at Cody Rourke NFL so you can access that. But we are going to be breaking down the biggest storylines from the entire schedule release. And obviously on tomorrow's episode, Lockdown Broncos, the focus will be reacting and breaking down the Broncos schedule for the 2021 NFL season. So you have that to look forward to tomorrow. But let's get into our Broncos news and notes before we get into some of the storylines that we're anticipating for the schedule release tonight. And the Broncos, they added an offensive tackle to their roster. We talked about a little bit on yesterday's episode of the show that the Broncos were planning on working out Dennis Kelly and Bobby Massey. But the Broncos did add Ryan Pope to their roster. He has one season of NFL experience. He is 24 years old. And I tell you what, he is a sizable physical specimen at six foot seven, 315 pounds. And he spent time with the 49ers, the Jaguars, and the Packers practice squads last season. So all in a span of one year, he did go on the COVID reserve list, came off of it, and then he was claimed by various teams last year. So now he is a Bronco. He's expected to be a camp body as of now. There's going to be an element of competition there, but the Broncos are also still expected to sign a veteran offensive tackle to help replace the injury void that has been left behind by Juwan James and his torn Achilles that has ended his season and potentially his career in the National Football League. There will be that open competition at training camp with Calvin Anderson with one of these veteran players, but Denver has to go through in their workouts that they're holding for them today, working out Dennis Kelly, Bobby Massey, Cam Fleming, and Jermaine Elomunior. And having that element of depth at training camp is especially important because when I went to training camp a couple years ago to watch the Broncos up close and personal, they had various guys tackle depth. I mean, they had guys like Jake Rogers, they had Quinn Bailey, they had a multitude of different players there that worked in between the second team and the third team. And so Denver's expected to add one of these veteran options to come in and compete with a guy like Calvin Anderson, who is young and has a great opportunity ahead of him to take hold of the Broncos starting right tackle spot. He had a start last year at right tackle against the Las Vegas Raiders. 
for the Broncos in that game, and he did really well for the most part. His pass protection sets were really clean. There's a small sample size for him, and that's on the Broncos Film Breakdown YouTube channel where Calvin Anderson was under the microscope a little bit. He played left tackle for the Broncos against the Panthers, did a really good job. But he's not evidently going to be just handed the starting job, even though that Mike Munchak has stored him on the Broncos active roster for the last two seasons. He has a lot of high expectations in him. Calvin has a lot of high expectations for himself. He's been putting in the work, and he is ready to make a claim to be the starter. But it will come with some competition, which is always good. You never want to have something handed to you directly. Now, I felt like there would have been a competition even if Juwan James was healthy. If, in fact, Denver didn't owe Juwan James so much money, he would have been the penciled-in starter but if the contract fee for Juwan James was lower, Denver would have probably released him a long time ago. But obviously due to the, the big salary cap, he opted out last year, only made $150,000. So his 2020 salary rolls over into 2021, $10.58 That is a big strong arm. And, and there's no way that Calvin Anderson at that point would start for the Broncos at that price that Juwan James is having. So you have to pay James what you're paying him for. And now that's all wide open. So Calvin's going to have an opportunity. And I mentioned it on yesterday's episode of the show. I feel like Dennis Kelly is going to be the best fit for the Broncos if we're talking about a veteran guy. And if Calvin Anderson comes into camp and he beats him out and he earns that starting right tackle job, you have a really dang good backup in Dennis Kelly, who started 16 games for the Titans last season. And if Dennis Kelly comes in and earns the starting job, you still have a moldable developmental guy that you're confident that if something were to happen to Kelly, you'd be okay with putting Calvin Anderson in at right tackle as an option. So Denver, they're actually in a really good place right now. And I think this is a lot better of a situation that Denver's in now than they were last year or maybe even two to three years ago. They have quality depth behind the starters. And that's something I think Broncos fans could take a little bit of a deep breath of relief for because that is very important in Denver, focusing on building that homegrown talent. And not to mention you have some undrafted guys. Himmelman is one of those other options too, a big, sizable offensive tackle, undrafted rookie free agent. He's going to have an opportunity to make this roster, even make the practice squad. And we've seen Mike Munchak stuff some of these guys, the developmental prospects, on the interior of the offensive line, at the tackle position, stash them away on the practice squad. So Quinn Bailey's going to have to fight, in my opinion, to keep his roster spot for training camp and maybe even a practice squad spot. But you got other guys chomping at the bit, and some of these other guys have a little bit more traction to them because of the fact that they are brand new, they're younger, and they're now entering a, a, a time in their career where they're probably at their peak in terms of athletic preparation in comparison to Bailey, who's been on the practice squad for a little bit of time with the Broncos now. So that spot for Bailey is not safe. Eager to see what the Broncos decide to do, who they decide to sign. And if they do sign one of these veteran options, we're going to break down Lockdown Broncos for you and also a Lockdown Now, which you can get at Lockdown Broncos on Twitter. But Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get into our conversation about a former Broncos player who is looking to be making his return to the NFL. Not at that position, though. And for a different team, we talk about why this may not be a good move for the National Football League. And then we get into your poll responses, whether or not the Broncos should retire certain jersey numbers. We're going to share what Broncos fans had to say. But before we do that, I got to tell you about one of the sponsors of today's episode of the show. That's our good friends over there at Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. They are offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. And to get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, all you got to do, text DRAFT to 231231. And this unique man-boosting formula is powered by testophen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, if you text right now, they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape absolutely free. So text DRAFT to 231 
231-231. That's draft to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. One former member of the Denver Broncos, he's trying to make his return to the National Football League and not necessarily as a quarterback, but as a tight end. And this was something to circulate around the day of the NFL draft. And I, I woke up that day and I said, hey, the NFL today, they're going to wake up and they're going to choose chaos. And that's exactly what happened. Chaos ensued with some Jaguars rumblings. It ensued with some Aaron Rodgers to Denver rumblings. And now some of those Jacksonville rumblings are starting to come to fruition. But this is a big topic I wanted to talk about because I definitely got some interaction from Broncos fans about it. But former Broncos quarterback, former Jets quarterback, former baseball player Tim Tebow, he's going to be making his NFL return after eight seasons of not playing a single down of this very physical game. And he's going to be coming in to play tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I'm not quite sure. There's no deal that's official just yet, but they are expected to sign him. And according to various reports from various national media members, there are members in the Jaguars organization who are not happy with Urban Meyer and his decision to bring in Tebow. It doesn't make too much sense considering that Tebow is a little bit past his 30s at this point. And yes, he's still a physical, athletic-looking human being, He hasn't played a down of football in eight years, and I'll I'll get to that in a little bit. But the optics of this, in my opinion, I don't know if this is a media spin. It doesn't make too much sense because, yes, the Jaguars, they went out and they got a prolific quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. And you're telling me that Tim Tebow is going to be one of the best options for the team at tight end. Now, I'm not even sure, even if Tebow signs a one-year deal, will he even make the 53-man roster for the Jaguars? This is an important talking point that I've had with people all across Broncos country because of the fact that Tebow was a former Bronco. Let's talk about Tebow's time in Denver. Look, I don't think that you could discount in any way, shape, or form the type of competitor that Tim Tebow was for the Broncos, the energy and that the life he instilled into the fan base inside the the stadium, when often at times the Broncos had nothing to root for. They made the switch to Tebow and his energetic ability, his ability to lead and to fire guys up. If you needed some momentum, Tim Tebow was the guy. No doubt about it. I don't think anybody's going to say anything different. Was he a good quarterback? Absolutely not. If the Broncos kept him, would he have developed into a good quarterback behind Peyton Manning? No, he wouldn't have. And this is the issue that I have with the whole Tim Tebow scenario. I, like I said, when I was a Broncos fan, I was a Broncos fan when Tim Tebow was playing. All right, I'm no longer a Broncos fan anymore because I feel like I can't be a fan if I want to bring you objective coverage. That's my that's my thought process, right? If they're if they win, you know, I think it's awesome. I I'm excited, but I'm no longer affected by the outcome of games, especially when they lose a game. It doesn't cloud my judgment in, in any way, shape, or form. But I remember being in high school. I remember watching Tim Tebow lead these comebacks, and it was thrilling to watch. His competitive spirit was something that was fun. It gave a little bit of energy into the stadium. Invesco Field at Mile High. Sports Authority Field at Mile High at the time. But outside of that, there were some evidence strokes. That defense was really good that year for for the Broncos. They were doing whatever they could to keep Denver in games. They were generating turnovers, takeaways. And it was a matter of substance, I think, for Tebow to come in and have a couple of plays, especially with his legs. The Demarius Thomas touchdown throw in the playoffs against Pittsburgh, that's always going to be a historic moment in Denver Broncos franchise history, something that's going to be very memorized by fans. It was a meaningful moment for an organization that made the playoffs as an 8-8 eight and eight football team, and they were able to get there and, unfortunately, the next week get trounced by the New England Patriots. But the issue I have from a standpoint as an NFL analyst is looking at a guy who's 33, has not been in the NFL for over eight years. And if anybody's ever played the game of football, and those of you that have, you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
If you have any extended period of time off from something that you're doing consistently, like working out, if you lose that, like it's the use it or lose it system. He has not been on a football field in eight years. He has not been in a locker room. So much has changed in the game. So much has changed with cultures inside organizations. And originally, many NFL teams, including the Broncos, they approached Tim Tebow and say, hey, we can convert you to a tight end, to a fullback type player, type, or you know, an H-back, one of the types of players that we see now have a lot of success in the NFL. And even at the collegiate level, that position sees a lot of success because you can do a multitude of different things with them. How good will Tebow be transitioning to this position at this point of his career or at this point of his life? where he has never had experience playing tight end. We don't know how he can do as an inline blocker. He's going to have to help out in pass protection. He's going to have to evolve as a receiver. He's not really one of those guys you look at right now, at least, until we see some tape on him, that you're worried about him being a vertical threat. So you know what that tells me? You're going to see chip releases. You're going to see backside underneath releases. You're going to see screen plays from him. But how is he going to do in a one-on-one situation against a big pass rusher or a speed rusher? Guys that he's been accustomed to being brought down by when he played quarterback. That, to me, is the biggest frustrating point about this. And I do agree with, I think, a a large portion of the national media and even a a good portion of fans say, hey, this is a ridiculous move because Tim Tebow, 33 years old, is eating up a roster spot for a young, talented player that just needs an opportunity in training camp. And you also have to worry about the dilemma, too, if you're on Tim Tebow's camp. You have to worry about, what if I come into camp and I look terrible and everyone is just beating the dog crap out of me, and I can't make a block. It's going to turn into a laughingstock. It's very risky. But the national media is going to have a lot of fun with it. Former Broncos ties, I felt like I needed to talk about it because it's a big topic right now across the National Football League. Just kind of frustrated to me to see Tim Tebow try to come back and play this H-back, tight end, fullback type position that he refused to do so eight years ago when he could have had a chance to do that and maybe had a longer career in the NFL. He chose elsewhere, he left the NFL, and yet there's still other key players around the NFL who still can't get a job. I'm not going to spend too much time on my soapbox about that, but you know what I'm talking about. But now let's switch some gears here to a Broncos poll that we conducted on Twitter. But on Monday, I asked Broncos Country this after the team had issued their jersey assignments for the upcoming 2021 NFL season, and the number 27 was taken, the number 30 was taken, and it prompted me to think in my head, should the Broncos retire these jersey numbers? Well, there's three to come to mind, 24, Champ Bailey, 27. Steve Atwater, Darren Williams, 30, Terrell Davis. Now, the poll, the results say that 66% of Broncos country said yes, the Broncos should retire those jersey numbers. 34% said no. And then there's a lot of responses that kind of analyze the pros and cons. And, And I think Broncos country has a very valid point on a majority of these topics, too. I can see it from the standpoint that you do run out of roster jerseys at some point, especially when you come into training camp, you have a 90-man roster. Those aren't necessarily game day jerseys. You know, I know the Broncos, they do actually practice in game jerseys, so actually it could account for that. But for a majority of the NFL, it's not too often you see too many jersey numbers retired, but I think that there's a set criteria, in my opinion at least, if I was controlling an organization, How would I retire a jersey number? Well, I'd look at impact. And when we look at guys like Floyd Little, Hall of Famer, John Elway, Hall of Famer, that number's retired. Peyton Manning, Hall of Famer. Legendary players. Frank Tripuca, obviously, held number 18 as well. But you look at number 24, Champ Bailey. 
now a Hall of Famer and one of the best players at his position ever. I don't think anybody could ever argue Champ's impact from the cornerback position. They don't make corners like Champ Bailey anymore. You don't see that prototypical style of hybrid cornerback that is lanky, that can play strong man-to-man coverage, that can come up and hit and tackle and be one of the best tacklers on your defense. You don't see that too often in today's modern NFL. Steve Atwater. The guy who you would absolutely be foolish to throw any kind of pass across the middle, or if you're a receiver, you're always worried about where number 27 was lined up. That number should be retired. And I think you can throw it up in the air too with uh, Terrell Davis, number 30, right? Philip Lindsay was able to get permission by TD to wear that jersey. I understand that. But TD, yes, Hall of Famer. Is that the criteria? Is, is Ring of Fame and Hall of Fame going to be a criteria for jersey retirement? How often is it that an NFL team will have players like that? And I understand that there are many players that played for the Broncos way back in the Orange Crush days, way back in the early 60s, 70s, 80s, and even in the 90s that are retired, that had a tremendous impact for the team, that their numbers probably won't be retired. They probably never will. Some of them do deserve Pro Football Hall of Fame recognition and probably never going to get it because of the evident bias that we continue to see from the national media and some of these voters. But in my opinion, in terms of the modern area, I think a number like Champ Bailey's number 24, 27, should be retired. If any out of those three, those two should be the ones that get retired. And I don't think anybody else should wear them. I was really peeved just from a cornerback standpoint because when I was a kid, I was a Champ Bailey fan. Champ Bailey's a big reason why I played cornerback when I played football since a young kid. And just the idea of Pac-Man Jones wearing number 24 was just so frustrating when it happened. I know Champ was indifferent to it. Champ gave permission. It's just different seeing another player wear number 24 in a Broncos uniform. To me, even as an analyst, it rubs me the wrong way. Same thing with number 27. Though I, I understand that 27 has fluctuated. It's been held by guys like Devontae Harris, obviously a good friend of the show. Will Park's a good friend of the show. Uh, you know, Going back, I just don't know if 27 should be a number that continues to be worn. But then again, that's not my decision to make. It's just my thought, my opinion. And I respect anybody that has a different opinion than mine. But Broncos country, 66% of you had said yes. Those jersey numbers should be retired. 34% said no. So coming up here in just a moment, Broncos country, we're going to talk about which potential storyline could the Broncos face with their upcoming schedule ahead of tonight's release. We talk about some of those coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, I got to tell you about the two sponsors of today's episode of the show. Our good friends over there, BetOnline.ag and Built Bar. And BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. And you get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. You don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKED. On Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And our good friends over there at Built Bar. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar out there. Tastes legitimately just like a candy bar. It is the official go to for me every single day here, the Lockdown Broncos podcast. And what is your favorite Built Bar flavor? Well, they have nine different flavors, nine delicious flavors to be exact, including the occasional limited time offer. My personal favorite, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's various other flavors. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you get two 
of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. You know me, I'm a big healthy person. I've changed my lifestyle, my regimen, my eating routine up. And most of the flavors, they only have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams net carbs, folks. That is a phenomenal deal if you're a healthy person. And you can go to BuiltBar.com and get your hands on a box of Built Bar today by using promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. When you use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And as we now get into our conversation about the pending NFL schedule release tonight, just a reminder, I told you already, make sure you go and you follow at Lockdown Network on Twitter, at Lockdown NFL Pods, and hit that bell button. It turns on notifications for when we go live. Ross Jackson and myself, we host Lockdown NFL Sunday, every single Sunday, all football talk, no fluff. We are breaking down the schedule release here for all 32 teams across the National Football League. We'll touch on the Broncos. We'll touch on the Saints because we cover those teams in our respective markets. But be sure to check it out on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel as well alongside Twitter. It's going to be broadcasted across every station across the Tegna market. Very excited about that. But getting into a conversation on the fourth quarter of today's episode, Locked On Broncos, Regarding the schedule release, this is uh, an area where I always look at the potential storylines. We already know who the Broncos' opponents will be this upcoming season. We just don't know when they're going to play them. The Broncos are going to play the AFC North this year. They're going to play the NFC East. It's going to be tough. Those are going to be some tough competition for them. And there's going to be a variety of different home games and road games. Denver has nine home games, eight away games. That Week 17 matchup, or that Week 18 mat- matchup, by the way, that 17th overall game is going to be hosting the Detroit Lions. We do know that. There's going to be some leaks that do happen a little bit today, so not every single one of them is going to be accurate, so make sure if it's got a blue check mark that if they're reporting it, they're a reliable source. More than likely, it's true. You're going to see those leaks, but if you get got, you got to sit out the rest of the day. But some of the storylines the Broncos could face with their schedule, you look at it, they're going to play some rookie quarterbacks. They're going to play Trevor Lawrence. They're going to play Zach Wilson. The biggest thing for me that I look at before we even know what the Broncos' schedule will be in terms of when and where, I look at one of those matchups on the road, and I see that the Broncos are traveling to Cleveland to play at the Dog Pound. Now, the biggest question here, when do the Broncos travel to play at the Dog Pound? Is it going to be an early-in-the-season game? If so, I think that's good. I think it bodes well for the Broncos. Or is it going to be in December? Now, I always think that if you travel to the Dog Pound in December, the conditions aren't always going to be favorable for you, and we know that it is a rowdy place. There's expected to be fans back in the stadiums this upcoming season. We'll do a crossover episode that week with Lockdown Browns host Jeff Lloyd. But that, to me, is going to be an intriguing matchup. Baker Mayfield, all the weapons that they have on offense, a strong run game, considering that they stay healthy, and then they have bolstered up on the defensive side of the ball. Will the Broncos have Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater as their starting quarterback? Will they have somebody else as their starting quarterback? All these different storylines are going to impact the way that the schedule is broken down. So there's that narrative for me that I want to know. I know a lot of fans want to know when the Broncos play KC. That's going to be one. When did when does Denver host the Raiders? That's another one. But another question a lot of people ask is, when is the bye week? Now, often at times, teams usually have them early on in the season or late in the season, kind of split in half of the schedule. I think for the Broncos, personally, you want to have that bye week later on in the season. I always feel like as a player who's been through bye weeks I I always didn't like it when the bye week occurred early on in the season because yes you play three to four games maybe five games you have your bye week 
And then you have a you know a tougher schedule. You got a longer stretch of games without a break in between. I always like it when it's kind of halfway in the middle because you're going to be physically banged up for the first half. You want to at least have a week off, rest, and, and recoup, make some moves to adjust to, to improve where you're struggling as a team. And then you have that second half stretch there. Now, I don't anticipate in that Week 18 matchup that many teams are going to play their starters. Depends on the storylines as to whether or not the Broncos are in the playoff position. If they've already secured a playoff spot, they probably won't play starters. If they're playing for a playoff spot, you can expect the starters to play there. So I think that factors into that. For me personally, I'm hoping that the Broncos bye week comes later on in the year. I think it's done well for them, and I think it's good for Broncos fans too because when you have those early bye weeks, you don't necessarily see what your bigger issues are that you can fix. You can look at a whole first half of the season with a later bye week and say, okay, this is what we didn't do well in the first half of the season. Here's what we need to improve on for the second half. You can make those adjustments during the bye week. Now with Vic Fangio, the Broncos, they've given players the bye week off to rest and recoup, which is also another good thing. So I like either option there. But I think it's going to be important for Denver to have a later buy this upcoming season. And then the last question, the last thing I want to analyze here, which storyline could the Broncos face with their schedule? The question everybody's wanting to know, how many games are going to be nationally televised? Now we look at the markets for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Dallas Cowboys. Those teams are more than likely going to have a lot of nationally televised games. It's just the typical thing that you see with how the markets play out there. But I would love to see Denver at least get four nationally televised games. I imagine they're going to at least get two, but I would love to be able to see four. Denver last year, they had one Thursday night game. They had one Monday night game. They had a Saturday night football game, and they also had a Sunday night football game. I imagine things to kind of stay the same in in regards to that. Those are obviously going to be nationally televised. I expect there to be four five games. That would be the hope. Now, if there's a certain quarterback that comes to Denver, you can expect that maybe some of these games are going to be flexed and rescheduled out in terms of where they're going to align, but it's going to be really intriguing to see how things shift. If that change does happen, if Aaron Rodgers were to come to Denver, it would automatically change, I think, any of those AFC West divisional matchups. I think that if you got the Broncos against the Chiefs, both of those games are going to be nationally televised. Sunday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, Monday Night Football, or it's going to be the primetime spot in the afternoon slots. Denver has a chance to put themselves in a strong position here. I think regardless with the team that they've built, I think that there's a lot of excitement and I think it would be fun to see Denver four to five times this season on national television. I mean, we get to see them because we're all in Broncos country. We get to see them every week, but the nationally televised respect would be a very big thing for them. It'd go a long way in my opinion. But Broncos country, I want to know what your thoughts are on the potential storylines that you're interested in seeing for the Broncos upcoming schedule. The full-on schedule release happens tonight. Ross Jackson and myself are going to break it down. Locked on NFL schedule release on Twitter and obviously on tomorrow's episode Lockdown Broncos we're going to break down the entire schedule we're going to actually have clarity on these situations when Denver travels to Cleveland when is the bye week how many nationally televised games which is the toughest stretch can't wait to break it down with you on tomorrow's episode Lockdown Broncos but with that said ladies and gentlemen I'm Cody York host of the show looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow and don't forget you can get this podcast every single day so make sure you're following and subscribing on Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Spotify and the Odyssey app and also the YouTube channel Lockdown Broncos Make sure you subscribe. Once we get to 4,000 followers, we're going to do a little bit of a giveaway. We're at 3,630. Help us get there, Broncos country. Head over there, Lockdown Broncos. Hit that subscribe button. I'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode, Lockdown Broncos.